Welcome back to another episode. Let me just scratch that and say welcome to season two, episode 12. What? And I hope that you guys are so excited um, coming into this new season. We just wrapped up our first official episode of season two with Heather. She was so incredible um, and just so like just the courage that she had to share her story Um, We're so incredibly blessed to know her and we're grateful that she was willing to share that with us. But I hope that you feel the shift that is happening within this season and why we had to excitedly just wave adios to season one because we were like, nope, big things are happening. We have to make room and it's time. So I hope that you're feeling that and you're expecting great things to come just as we are. As we go into this next episode, I wanted to just share with you, I bring you not just one guest, but two incredible human beings that we've had the pleasure of getting to know and um, we go way back and I'm going to allow Sonia and the special guest, I'm not even going to share that part with you that you're going to have to stay tuned for, um, to kind of share and unwrap how we met because it's pretty awesome and so I'm bringing you today an Angelman family, they were newly diagnosed and just have great hearts of serving and paying it forward and incredible. So let's get right to it. This is Blessed for This Mess. All right. Well, I'm so glad that you're here with me and this is a unique setting. Um, we kind of go back quite a bit. <laughs> and so um, let's kind of, if you want to share um, how we met, I think that that might be um, a great starting point for us. And we'll kind of just place to yeah, start. Veil this as we go. Yeah. So I found your podcast in the middle of the night. I was on Apple Podcasts looking for special need podcasts. And my sister had told me, hey, why don't we look for a podcast that's for like special needs and see if you can find some sort of encouragement or something like that. So I I don't know if I just hashtagged it or I don't know how I did it, but I stumbled onto yours and then I heard your first episode and I was hooked. And then I think I heard the next one the next day. And then I found you on Instagram, started following you, and then just started messaging you. And you were one of the only and first persons to ever reach back out to me and answer any questions I had, which was amazing. Wow. Okay. So, you know, it's kind of funny. I was talking to my husband and I was like, honestly, like, I feel like I've known her forever. I can't even remember how we connected. Like, I just feel like you've just been here for a long time. And the reality is, is you actually haven't. Right, because I know it does feel like it's been forever, and then you think about it, and it's been like a month or maybe two months, right? And so, now when you were looking for the podcast, um, or a podcast in general, did you have a diagnosis at the time for your son? No, we had a suspicion that that's what it was, and then I don't know if you were under hashtag Angelman syndrome. But I had been looking up the Angelman syndrome hashtag and looking at different kids and seeing what they look like, how they were 
you know, kind of interacting with their peers or with their parents and that sort of thing. It's just kind of grasping at straws because I had no idea or experience with either Angelman's or even the special needs community. Right. And so now when we first met, you had an idea that if, correct me if I'm wrong, that you kind of knew that it was Angelman syndrome. Yes. And what, what was it for you that, I mean, let's just first, let's even put that on pause. Let's talk about your mighty little lion, because I think that (laughs) it is so important that everybody really understands like how incredible he really is. And like, I think that's the most important piece here before we even get into just the diagnosis stuff. Oh, thank you. So my son is Canaan Lion, literally Lion. People think that I'm joking when I say his middle name is Lion because they're like, oh, you just mean he's super cool or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, no, literally Lion. And we actually named him that because when I was pregnant, I had some complications that they couldn't figure out what they were. So they had told us that they thought he would be born if he had an infection, the infection that they were looking for that it turns out he didn't have, that he may have uh, be stillborn or he may have this or that, just a bunch of different things. And each test they made me do or go through, every single thing kept coming back negative. So when I was pregnant and we were deciding on a name, we wanted an L middle name because my middle name and Malia's middle name and Mark's middle name all start with L. So I was looking up names and I just jokingly said, what about lion? And my fiance was like, oh my God, that's it. I said, no, we can't be those people. And he's like, no, think about it. He is strong and brave and whatever he has to face, he's going to face it like a lion. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it came to pass. Isn't that amazing? Like how sometimes like the name really does hold up to like what it embodies like your child, like, because he really is like, he's very bold and very like. He's just going to find a way and he's just got this like very big courageous and like his head of curls. Oh my gosh, his hair. Oh, it's me. Yes. yes. He says the best curls. Dad will never cut them. I don't blame him. He says, oh my goodness, him. we have to man bun him up because or else he'll pull on them or they get so tangled. But yes, he just really faces everything and has shown me just what it means to be a lion and just uh, he makes my heart sore with everything he does okay and tell me how old he is so or tell everyone how old he is so everyone kind of has an idea of like who we're talking about here he is going to yes he is going to be two in late December right before Christmas and he so he's 20 months right now which is a year and eight months for people who hate when people continue that how many (laughs) months are you in five hours yeah Yes. And I didn't used to be that person, but now I'm like, oh, it just is so much easier than when you're eight months, three days. <laughs> yeah, I so. totally get it. So that is incredible. So I really want people, especially within the Angelman community, because this is kind of a big deal. And we're not going to talk about it kind of yet of where you guys currently are, because I definitely want to get into that. But a little bit later, um, almost two. So that just age-wise, almost too. That's really awesome. Okay, so you had a sense that it was Angelman. What was it for you that made you even feel first that maybe there was something 
maybe not leading down a typical path for your baby? At five months, I told his pediatrician that I thought he had a speech impediment. And his pediatrician kind of looked at me like I was crazy and said, he's fine. He's making normal sounds. And I said, no, he doesn't babble like a baby should babble. He wouldn't say like, ah, he did say ma a lot in anger, but he did this just sort of inhale where he was inhaling his sounds and never expressing like he never blew out air or babbled or talked to himself and then when I tried to teach him how to wave he didn't wave and then I tried to teach him how to say hi and bye and so all of those milestones at six seven eight months I remember sitting down writing his little Facebook updates of oh what's my baby doing this month and I kept seeing he's not meeting this one. He's not doing this. He's not doing that. And it just was like kind of a gut feeling of something's going on. Okay. And do you feel like you like had that gut feeling because you already had raised a baby before? Like this is not your second child. Yes, definitely. And Malia, I, to me, she taught me patience because she refused to meet any milestone at any time that she didn't want right. to. She's like, I'll do so my I was own like, time, okay. mom. <laughs> yes, okay. exactly. And I'm very much type A. So I'm like, my children must meet all things and do all things and whatever. And then neither of them did. <laughs> so I was just like, okay, well, maybe I'm being paranoid. So, and that's one thing that is kind of upsets me because I sometimes feel a little bit of guilt. Like I didn't express hard enough or fast enough all of my concerns to the point where, you know, I almost let the pediatrician kind of say, okay, no, it's okay. We'll watch it. We'll, you know, that sort of thing. So we had a delay, I felt, in a diagnosis. Well, I'll tell you, I am like so thankful for you that you guys did get the diagnosis when you did and that you you had kind of you like trusted your gut and i know that obviously like there's always those like what if i would have you know leaned into that a little bit harder and you know all of those things but definitely give yourself grace because i mean you know it's it's sometimes again like i've always said it's like these uncharted waters sometimes where you're just like trying yeah. to figure it out i did right. have and- any inkling that anything was wrong with ava I even my mom knew kind of like when Ava was like one month old and she even mentioned like hey like we need to get her checked out and I just kind of was like young and in denial and so I think you know it's really great for you guys to have gotten the diagnosis too when you did was he was he one already at the time or yeah he was a diagnosis yeah we were officially 100% diagnosed July 16th so he was already 18, 19 months. Okay. And so my podcast came out on the 10th. So of July. Mm -hmm. Right, right. But we so we already suspected Mm -hmm. it. And then in June, we had the preliminary um, lab result that showed a problem with chromosome 15. So that for me was like our original kind of a confirmation because I honestly I thought it was Angelman since February of this year. Now how did you hear about Angelman because I had never heard about Angelman syndrome until we got our diagnosis. Yeah no it was one of those things I was so 
I'm going to back up and give a little bit more history and context so it doesn't seem like I'm all over the place, even though I am. But uh, when he turned a year, we had his well checkup with his pediatrician. And his pediatrician had told me, because uh, I kept at every visit saying, he's not sitting unassisted, and that is not normal. And he was like, well, if he gets to a year and he's not sitting unassisted, then we may look at neurological issues. Well, he sat unassisted three days before his birthday. So I was like, oh, okay, we're okay. <laughs> but then I still knew, I'm like, nope, there's still something going on. So we finally got a referral after his uh, well baby checkup. Some guy came in and did a random evaluation, like a milestone checklist mm -hmm. that they'd never done with my daughter. And they said, oh, this, this is a new thing we're doing. Um, so he asked me, is he holding this? Is he doing that? And on and on and on. And every single answer except for one was no. So he wasn't doing anything he was supposed to be doing. And I could see the guy's face getting more and more somber, more and more concerned. And I, oh, I knew it then. So we were referred to a neurodevelopmental psychologist. She suspected cerebral palsy, which I've heard a lot of them are misdiagnosed right. with. Um, and then she also, and the crazy thing is when we had gone to meet with her and get the evaluation, I took my mom, Mark didn't come because I told him, you know what, they're just going to refer us and get us physical therapy and then maybe speech therapy and it's all going to be fine. I left crying my eyes out thinking he had cerebral palsy and thinking that that was the end of the world. And it wasn't. <laughs> so we, she referred us to a neurologist and Loma Linda, which is uh, the big hospital down in Southern California where I'm at, they told me they had a three to six month wait list. So I said, Oh no, that's not possible. And they told me, well, you can call every single day in the morning and see if we get a cancellation. So I was on the phone every single day at eight, at nine, at 10 in the morning, seeing if they had cancellations. February 26th, they said, oh, we have one at two. And I called on my lunch break at noon and I live an hour away. Oh my God. So I had to call my boss say, I got to go <laughs> get the baby, get him ready, get Mark, figure out who was going to pick up Malia from school and go. Now, how many days so, of you calling was that until you found out that there was a cancellation? It was about three weeks. Wow. Okay. And this was every single day, oh, yes. probably business hours, of course, Monday through Friday. Exactly. Okay. Yes. So already you are developing this grid of advocacy for him. Before yes, this. Exactly. Yeah. Because you're like, we've got to get this going, which is incredible. And right. I, I can guarantee you that that is, you're going to look back and just say, thank God I did that because that early intervention of us really getting this going really paved the way. It did. Yeah, that's yes. incredible. And then, yeah. So, we went to two, the first neurological appointment. He said he didn't suspect cerebral palsy. He did have some hypotonia, which is normal, um, low muscle tone in his legs and his arms, but he was pushing back against him. And at that time, he was not crawling. He was not pulling to standing. He would kind of army crawl, but we hadn't uh, seen a physical therapy yet a physical therapist yet. So we didn't know that he had really sensitive hands and feet. We just thought that was a personality okay. thing. So, and now, so there was like no yeah. early intervention as far as that therapy, like coming into your home at that point. Okay. No, no, not at that point. And so we went to two 
appointments, one in February and the other one, let's see, February, April, the other one in April. And at the second one, they told us, okay, well, you know, he's probably just delayed. Just keep doing physical therapy and we probably won't ever have an answer to his, as to why he's delayed. And this is after he did have some labs. He was born uh, not breathing. So he went into the NICU for a week and they did do some labs and make sure he didn't have any sort of infections or anything like that. And everything had come back clear. He also had an MRI in January because he has a lazy eye. So they had just wanted to make sure he didn't have any sort of brain damage or anything like that. So luckily we were able to take those results and the neurologist read them right away. And he said, Oh, his brain is perfectly normal, perfect size. Everything looks good. So, you know, they say those things and you're supposed to feel reassured. And instead I felt more frustrated and more like, I need to figure this out then because if they're not going to figure it out for me, I'm going to have to, and I'm not going to let my son be put to the wayside. Like I felt we had kind of been put for a year. Right. Already. Where does that come from so, for you? Like, does that come from like, who, who do you learn that from? Or where did you learn that? Because I feel like sometimes when doctors kind of say like, Oh, you know, this is just how it is. Or, Hey, your child will never walk or talk. Sometimes parents will actually believe that or just accept it and kind of just say, okay, well, because they said that, then we're not going to try. But to me, you sound like someone who says, you can say that all you want, but we're going to give our best shot no matter what and still attempt. And just, you know, even if we get, you know, a couple steps behind the goal that we plan we're still, you know, steps ahead of where we probably would have been had we not pushed forward. So where does that come from for you? Oh, well, first, thank you for saying that. That's incredibly sweet of you. But my sister would say, because Sonia is really aggressive. Okay. (laughs) I am. I'm type A. I am just someone who I just don't take no for an answer. And I don't believe people's BS, so to speak. And I am just, I mean, I'm a mom and being a mom to me means being aggressive and kicking butt and doing whatever I can to improve their lives and to just advocate for them. It started with Malia. Actually, she, her birthday is past, and this is a little off topic, but her birthday is past the, uh, kindergarten birthday cutoff date for the state of California, which means because her birthday's uh, late September, she misses the cutoff for three weeks to go into kindergarten. So she would have had to do TK and kindergarten and then first grade, which I felt was unnecessary because she had been in preschool for two years from the time she was three and four and all of her friends were moving on. So I had to take on the school district to change that rule and they told me no three times and I still (laughs) said no I will not accept this because I know that my daughter is ready and if you can't educate my daughter and if you're telling me that you don't feel you have the tools to educate my daughter then I will do it myself because you should be asking me for the privilege not the other way around yes okay So that was just the preparation that you needed. You were like, oh, this, I got this. I'm allergic to no. Right. Tell me all yes. you love. Like, it's definitely inspired Yeah, that. that's awesome. And that fire. Yeah, my sweet girl. And I mean, now she is thriving. She's in fourth grade. 
reads at a fifth grade level. I mean, she's just a little star. So I'm very glad. Yes. And you know what? And a lot of it also was a lot of prayer and asking God for guidance and asking him to open my heart and my mind. Because like I said, I'm very aggressive. But I also wanted to know that what I was doing for my child was what was best. So I asked God to guide my steps in both Malia's situation and with Canaan. I did so much praying, so much reading and researching and just trying to figure out what was going on. Yeah. And it does sometimes take a lot of that, a lot of prayer, a lot of research. And, you know, it's amazing how much just getting around a community has really, you know, just kind of getting information from them, right? Us moms tend to have a lot more knowledge because we live it day in and day out versus a doctor just saying like, here's the syndrome or here's the diagnosis. And, you know, kind of just prints off a couple PDFs for you that you could have easily found in a couple seconds, you know, on top of being yes. a woman. I mean, I, know, I think us women sometimes are great FBI, you know, detectives, whatever, at finding information that we need to find and sometimes finding even Yes, more. exactly. And you know what? I'm sorry. You had asked me how I heard about Angelman's. Uh, and what happened was I was up one night, Kanan was not sleeping at all. And part of Angelman syndrome, as you know, is severe lack of sleep. So I figured if I'm up, I'm up with him. So um, at the time we were looking at either cerebral palsy or they said, oh, he has global developmental delay, which I told them was not a good enough answer because that was basically a catch-all. And even I could be global developmentally delayed (laughs) because all it means is being delayed in two or more areas like that's everybody so (laughs) okay I was I mean yeah not everybody but you know what you were like this is so I I need solid answers here like give me specifics yes yeah yeah exactly so I was on YouTube and I was looking up I think physical therapy and special needs just hashtag again and searching in the search bar and I came across an interview Colin Farrell did on the Ellen show And it's like seven, eight years old, maybe nine. I don't even know how old it was. But he starts describing his son. And I just, oh, it hit me in my heart and my stomach. And I was like, wait a minute, that sounds exactly like Kanan. So I Googled it real quickly. I just Googled, what does Colin Farrell's son have? (laughs) And came up with Angelman syndrome. And I was sitting there in my bed just sobbing. Because I knew that that was what he had. But then it was so rare. And there's like no way a mom is self-diagnosing her son when she's been told by super smart neurologists who know everything supposedly uh, that there's probably never going to be an answer. So I I didn't find this. But I told my fiance and he was like, yeah, that kind of sounds like him. But it's probably not like, come on, what are the odds? The odds are weren't in our favor, but they were. Right. (laughs) Like that's what it was. Right. I totally get what you mean. Yeah, like the so, odds were obviously that these aren't the odds you, nobody wants and nobody, you know, we would never wish this on anybody else, but the odds were in your favor as far as finding, like it kind of just fell into your lap, but it came yes, through it you really, really not accepting global development delay as your answer, which seriously big right. kudos to you because who knows if, if you hadn't have done that much work and in investigation you know, just kind of getting the actual diagnosis could have even been delayed longer. So that's right. Really great. Yes. 
Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So how has it been having siblings? So for your daughter, what is it like for her, like having a younger brother and now kind of finding out that brother is going to have kind of this different path? And obviously I I follow you on Instagram and I get to see videos and stuff. So I'm just going to keep it very broad because there are some people that might be listening that haven't seen any videos of big sister. And so if you want to just share some of that stuff, I think that that would be really awesome because I know that there's others out there that do have siblings that are older with, you know, a younger sibling that has special needs or vice versa, like Ava and my son Brody, it's opposite, but um, it's still something that, you know, we're excited, you know, to embark on too. So I would love for you to share some of that as well, if, if you're open. Yeah, definitely. Um, so first, we did not tell Malia anything that was going on because we were trying to protect her from having to face anything. I mean, as a parent, you want to protect them from anything ever, any sad day, any anything that will make them feel, you know, anything other than happy. So, and because we didn't have any answers, we felt like, well, if she has questions, we're not going to be able to answer them. So just keep it all hush. So we went to several appointments. We didn't take her. We just told her, oh, Kanan has an appointment and we're going to go to Anna. We'll be back. And then um, back in June, we were actually at Disneyland when the neurologist's office called me and told me they had the results. And I just broke down. Uh, yeah. At Disneyland with her and I had taken her on a special mommy and me day because we had been at so many appointments for Kanan I felt like okay I don't want her to not have the time and not have you know she was the center of our world for seven years before Kanan came so I didn't want her feeling left out or unloved or anything like that so we were on our way to school one day and I said you know what why don't we just keep driving and go to Disneyland oh my so we gosh did. can you can I can you be <laughs> my mom <laughs> Yes, we'll just take the whole crew. Oh my gosh, okay. So let's talk about that day. Like, you guys skip the school, you keep driving. Yeah. We skip school, I skip work. I did go in and, um, you know, settle a few things and double check with my boss that it was okay. But I took Malia with me and she was back up and my boss was like, okay, I'm not going to say no to her. (laughs) (laughs) So I, so we go, we're having a fantastic day. We're in line for the Matterhorn. And that was the longest line of the day. Most of them were pretty cool. And I, the nurse calls me. There's this loud family next to me. I can barely hear what she's saying. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I had to get on this ride and then I'll call you right back. Um, and then so we were about to leave the park. I get a hold of her and we're sitting. Malia's eating a macaroon. And she sees me just start crying my eyes out. And she's looking at me like, what is going on? on you know and I felt so bad and I was just like you know what baby I'm so sorry like I you know I don't even remember what I told her but I just kind of you know kind of just pushed it away and then as we're walking out I go I said you know what Malia if daddy and I were to pass and you had to take care of Poppy my son's nickname is Poppy um, and you had to take care of Poppy, would you? And she goes, oh, well, mom, that got done. Oh, like, what is going on? And I'm like, dude, I am the worst. You're like, never. Like, and I'm, I'm not, not really dying. explaining. 
Yeah. So we leave the park, we come home. And then I think over the next few days, as we were kind of getting, uh, we, so the preliminary lab test that we had showed an abnormality, but the lady didn't give me any specifics because the neurologist wasn't in. So he was calling me the next day. And then he called me and told me it was an abnormality on chromosome 15. And that meant he, Kanan, had either Angelman's or Prater Willie, which then I left. And he was like, uh, excuse me, ma'am, <laughs> why are you laughing? And I said, I'm sorry, but that's exactly what I thought it was. And he's like, how did you even know? So were you laughing so, because you, you know, were well, like the irony up. that this is like literally happening? Or was it like? nervous and then just kind of or just like a bunch of emotions and that was like the only thing that could could come out at the moment yes exactly it was just like bursting of like frustration relief that I'm not crazy uh anger sadness happy not happiness actually happiness was very much not an emotion there but just like I'm right you guys I even told my fiance, I'm like, oh my God, Mark, how proud are you of me? And he's like, not at all. I'm (laughs) not happy at this moment. And this is not about you. So anyway, um, yeah, but we still didn't have the official, like 100%. We had to get another blood test. And the neurologist was like, um, or Mark was very much in denial and like, okay, well, I'm not accepting it until it's like 110,000%. Right. But anyway, so Malia is here. She came down and she, is it okay if she shares? How Absolutely. She I would love for her to be able to share because I think that that's important too. Yeah. Okay. So here she is. This is Malia. She is going to be nine this Woo-hoo! Friday. Okay. Big girl, big girl popping. Let's hear you, girl. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, hi. Well, um, uh, um, <laughs> When I first heard, um, I, I just felt sad. Yeah. There was one night, um, you're okay. Um, There was one night when my mom said that he, um, that he wasn't, um, he wasn't supposed to be um, eating anything when he was one years old. Oh, Just... I think she means that I said he was eating later than he was okay. supposed to. So where she was eating baby food at six there months, was a delay. In he didn't eat he was till... doing it. Okay. Right. Yes. And, um, I just started bawling my eyes out. Uh, I was really sad. But then, a few days later, um, or some weeks ago, no, late, some <laughs> weeks ago later, he said, uh, I mean, she said, um, that he, he has Angelman syndrome, and and then we just started crying together about stuff. And my mom's very protective of him, <laughs> and 
um, I started to face it that he had had Angelman syndrome. Yeah, and you're, I bet, just as your mom, she's such a good example for you. I bet that you are a big protector over him as well, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes, she is. She, uh, I decided that I was going to announce it by buying some shirts. Uh, one that said Angelman Syndrome Warrior for him and Advocate Like a Mother. I bought a coffee cup and something else. And then I saw Advocate yes. Like a Sister. And I showed Malia the shirt. And she goes, what does Advocate mean? And I said, and I Googled it because I didn't feel like I had a good enough answer. And the definition, like the synonyms were protector uh, and some other stuff. But the second I said protector, she goes, that's me. I will always protect. Oh, that's so And yes. And so to me, I feel like she's adjusted really, really well, even though it was so hard to tell her and tell her without breaking down, which yeah, I was well, like, you're still obviously like, processing you're it too, which I think there's never yes. a time frame of you know, like when that ends, I think it will forever continue to evolve. Um, so I totally understand that. But I want to say first, like, that was very brave of you to to share to Malia, like how you, you know, that just the emotions that you feel hearing, you know, just kind of the diagnosis that your brother received and, you know, just being able to cry with your mom, like, those are some really powerful moments too. I think sometimes we get afraid to cry, you know, or like let us right. let ourselves feel those emotions. And I am a huge advocate now of that's what we need to do. Make sure that we do allow ourselves to have those moments, to feel those feelings because they're very real. They're very painful and raw sometimes. And if we suppress them too long, they are going to come out and they'll just not come out in a healthy way usually. And I say that only because I learned that the hard way. And so now I have this passion and um, I celebrate, even though I don't celebrate the pain that you feel, I celebrate the moment that you allowed yourself to release it. Cause I think that that is very, very important. So I'm really proud of you for doing that. Um, so thank you for sharing too, because I think, you know, it's important that other parents out there get to hear from your perspective too, of like what the diagnosis isn't just for the child that's receiving it or the parent, right. it's for the entire family, right? It changes the dynamic completely and everyone does, you know, kind of get the diagnosis themselves too, right? Like we all experience that. Right. Yeah. And that's been the huge adjustment is adjusting what our expectations were and how we felt having a baby boy would be and what that meant for our family. We thought it was going to be all sports and all this and all that. And that's uh, just been the huge grief process of what we expected versus what we have. But then seeing this incredible little guy oh my god you just think about how wonderful it is that God chose us to be his parents chose him to be ours and chose Malia for his Mm -hmm. sister I think 
he placed him in the right place because Malia has just the kindest, most loving heart. Every, every teacher she's ever had and every person she's ever encountered has always told me about the first thing they notice when they meet Malia is how kind she is. And that's, I mean, in a two minute meeting, you just see and feel her heart. And um, I have her, one of her best friends, mom is the school psychologist for our school. And she would keep the girls after school. She had like an IEP meeting, that sort of thing. She would keep them and they'd go into the special needs room. And this was when I was pregnant with Kanan. Um, Yeah. And the special needs uh, teacher once saw me at like an after school function. And she goes, oh, you're Malia's mom? And I said, yeah. And she goes, oh, your daughter is so sweet. Whenever she's come into our classroom, she goes up to all the kids and says hello to them. And just, oh, my goodness. It, it just made Absolutely. me very proud to be her mom. And then, uh, yeah, when we yeah. get this diagnosis, I just was like, wow, she's meant to be his big sister because she I couldn't ask for a better big sister oh, for, for sure. Him. I'll tell you what. And he's obsessed oh, with her. That is my favorite part. Like that's my favorite. The love I can already tell the bond between them just through pictures and even the videos. Like obviously <laughs> I've only been a part of your guys's life for a little bit, but you can see it in both of them, which is so so amazing, but I'll tell you what. The sibling to the child with special needs 100% is my favorite because I absolutely believe that they are going to be the people that change this world. They are the ones that truly have empathy, compassion, patience, um, a desire to understand and to kind of get on the same level with the person they're in front of. And Right. Absolutely. And equally. And then setting the tone for other children around them, which is so important. It's just this ripple effect. So it just, it's amazing kind of just hearing your story of how really God has placed so many little, like kind of, I'd call them hidden treasures because it's like these little pieces that he kind of just dropped where it's like, okay, this doesn't really make sense, you know, right now. But if you look back, like the fact that she was spending time you know, during the IEPs, being able to be around children with special needs, you know, she's already developing a foundation Mm -hmm. that is going to be so strong for her brother. Right. Right. Yes. I mean, honestly, God makes no mistakes. And that was um, kind of one thing we did struggle with was, and especially my fiance was why him he's so precious he's so this and he's so that and you just don't want your child to be in any sort of pain you don't want them to feel any sort of difference in any sort of this and I said if there's any saving grace it's that number one he's the happiest kid there could be like if we had our pick of the (laughs) syndromes (laughs) this one a side of happy demeanor Thank you. Sign us up for that. Uh, But besides that, and just who he is as a person, just so much determination and so much spirit. It's just you look at yourself and you're like, okay, I, you know, can do this or can do that well and blah, blah, blah. But what does that do? Nothing. But then you have a little person who is working a million times harder to walk or to crawl or to this or to that. And 
to you, they're moving mountains and they are changing people's perspectives. They completely changed our perspective because honestly, when we got the diagnosis, it felt almost like a death sentence. It was like, oh my God, what do we do? How do we, how do we rebound from this? And you know, what's, how do we take care of him? That's a huge concern is how are we going to take care of him? We don't even know what this means or how it's going to be. And that's why I started reaching out and finding a community who's really opened my eyes to no, life doesn't stop here. We can go to the store. We can go to an amusement park and we can't do this and do that and do all sorts of things. They're just a little different and they just look a little different. We don't go out in the heat so much, which we didn't like the heat. <laughs> that's anyway. right. You're like, this so, is a good reason to stay away just, from it. Yeah. That I'm so glad that right. you brought that and, up um, in regards to reaching out to the community and kind of getting around people who are walking similar paths. Like what is like, how has the impact been for you as far as getting in touch with different Angelman families and just, you know, hearing people's stories? Like, like how has that impacted your guys' journey so far? Uh, well, first, uh, let's see. So I connected with you and I connected with a girl in, oh, she's not a girl, a woman in Canada. Her son is a few months younger than Canaan had his diagnosis a few much a few months earlier and I saw this girl is like 10 years younger than me so young her son this is her first son her first boy all of these things and she's so positive and I'm like why is she so positive and I'm typically a positive person so for me to stay in a negative headspace for any length of time is already difficult but I started like I looked up the Angelman syndrome hashtag and from there started seeing all of these different kids who were achieving what Google said Angelman syndrome children wouldn't walking talking and not so much talking but I also learned very quickly talking and communicating are two Mm -hmm. very different things so you know some kids using ipads to talk and sign language to talk and uh, different physical therapy methods and so i was like okay i need to write down kind of a roadmap of like what to do and where to go because honestly like you said the neurologist office they'll give you like two pamphlets and they're like well you want to have PT, you want to have OT, you want to have speech. And you're like, okay, cool. I'll call the hospital and get those schedules. We were told nine to 16 months wait list. Wait list, not even right. that's when you get an appointment. So I had to then look for different resources. And I found a mom talking about California Children's Services, which I'd never heard of, and Inland Regional Service, and those sort of things. So I feel like the community has made an impact, not only on just my perspective, and especially you, you had a very good podcast that I just sat involved in my car. um, And it was how to, yes, let yourself process the grief, but at the same time, attach gratitude at the end of it. And that's kind of always something I've lived by, but I was feeling very lost in the depths of despair when we found this out. So I was kind of going through the motions and my sister was like, oh, Sonia, you're so brave. And I'm like, I'm not brave. I cry while I'm on the <laughs> yeah. cold. Like, and then I like wipe my snot off and I sense of aggression. Yeah. 
Yeah, but it's very much like I've had some people tell me, oh, my God, I would have shrunk. I would have, you know, just gone into myself and just let that be. And I'm like, I don't have time for that because for me, it's what can you do to improve his life? What can you do to, you know, get him walking, get him talking, get him this, get him that. So seeing all of the angel moms who are just busting their butts and getting their kid this physical therapy and that gait trainer and this talker thing and all of that, that just really fueled my fire to, okay, this isn't a death sentence. It may feel like it and we'll cry and whatever in between phone calls, but we're going to get some action going and we're going to get a plan and we're going to, you know, at some point be okay with it. Like I told Mark in 20 years, we'll probably be okay with it. <laughs> and he's like, I don't want to wait 20 years. And I said, well, duh, we'll hopefully be okay with it sooner than that. But it will be very distant in our mind, these feelings of grief, like they will I mean, maybe hit us from time to time. Like, um, I was looking back at Malia's pictures, because this week is her birthday. And I was looking at the things that she was doing at this time, uh, when she was not even a year. And what he's not doing. And I was like, wow, when I see that, it's a little bit of a punch in the gut. But at the same time, I'm like, hey, three months ago, he wasn't doing this. He wasn't doing that. So he is doing whatever he is going to do on his timetable. And I will never, ever set a limit to his potential because I've never set one for Malia. So why yes. would I start now? So as we wrap up, share with me, because remember I kind of said, like, let's keep in mind how old he is. Almost two. Mm-hmm. And you posted a video earlier today on your story on Instagram. And something that you guys have been working on really hard with him this last couple weeks. So he's walking with a walker. And yes. what did he do today? What was the, do you remember what video you uh, posted so, today? Yes. So today I was at work. I have a home office in my boss's house. So we went to the bathroom and he took off crawling towards the living room because there's stuff there he wants to touch. And so I went after him and I, he picked himself up on a chair. So Mark had told me he's been trying to practice with him holding on to his hand with just one hand and so he he's like kind of shaky kind of um we haven't I haven't really practiced that so much with him so I'm like you know what let me try it you know let's see what he does and so I grabbed his hand and I started videoing just in case he did something and he's just sitting there walking holding and holding on to me with just one hand with the biggest smile on his face and he's flapping his other hand which is kind of a characteristic of AS but it's really funny to me because he flaps his arms so much because he's so excited that he's almost he's unbalancing like, I've got himself this. that he's like oh. so, yeah oh my god yeah and so it looks like I'm waving my hand but I mean honestly in that moment and I even told Mark it made me cry because I said he looked like a typical boy and that made my heart just leap because Mike, the stuff we've been working on so hard, I never ever imagined we'd come to almost his second birthday without him walking. So that's been a really hard pill to swallow. But then today, boom, he's like 
Yeah, yeah he's like, Mom, that's don't still your doubt me. Swallow. You don't. gotta like spit that up because it's happening. And I've been telling you, like, yeah, when... it's happening. And I, I feel kind of bad because I've been messaging you, like, you have no idea. You guys are so close. And you're probably like, okay, like, thanks for the message again, Annie. Like, I get it. No, but I love I, it. Oh I share gosh. with you because, I, I mean, I've talked to you about this before, but. I had the same conversation being told to me about Ava about two and a half, three years ago at this point. So Ava's now seven. And so when I'm like screaming to you, like through Instagram, like he's going to be running. You have no idea. Like, cause he's got it. He's so determined that determination that he has that look in his eyes, this like fierceness to just go after it. And you can see he's like, you yeah, can love the boundaries all you want, mom, with all those pillows, but I'm going to find a way around it. And that's going to pay yes. off so much for him. And I'm so excited for you guys because um, I just remember those feelings too, like just getting those messages and kind of being like, okay, like I'm, I want to believe you, you know, like, okay. Right. But not wanting to yeah, let your heart case, believe like, it to kind so of you're protect not disappointed. Yourself, but I just, I'm excited for you to be able to pass that on to the next mom, you know, and just, just kind of creating this ripple effect. And, you know, I just wanted to say, like, I'm so proud of you um, for just getting your diagnosis, you know, about a month ago. Um, And to be able to be so vulnerable and transparent and willing to just kind of share where you guys are right now, because you guys are still at the very beginning of your diagnosis, but it feels like you guys are just going to tackle this with leaps and bounds, just the support that you guys have for him, um, this determination that you guys are just after to just get as well informed as you can so that you can provide the best options. Um, so incredible what you guys are doing and it's not taken lightly. And I hope that you guys know that like you guys should be very proud of yourselves already. And I mean, you guys are just getting started, you know, like this is while the diagnosis isn't, you know, it's, it's very challenging to navigate. Um, I mean, this is something for you guys, you're going to look back and just be like, thank God, babe, that we, you know, we were able to kind of step into this, you know, just kind of like suited up in, you know, your warrior gear and just getting after it. Cause it's going to be such a huge reward for him and, and for you guys too, because you guys will reap those rewards too. The seeds that you're planting right now, they are going to pay off in big ways and little ways, the little ways matter too. And so again, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. And is there anything that you want to share if you haven't said anything that maybe is kind of coming to your head before we close this out just to any other. Right now, I would just say, um, I would just say to always trust your mom instincts. Don't feel intimidated. I know that I will go into a situation where I feel extremely intimidated. And for me, that kind of brings out the, you know, just the lion in me of, you know what, I'm not going to show them my fear or my intimidation or anything like that. I am going to face this head on at all times because we are the only people who are, who love our babies as much as we do. And we're the only ones who are going to be their voice potentially for 
some of our kids. So we need to make sure we're doing everything we can to fight for them, advocate for them, and to always, you know, read. I think reading and researching are huge because if I hadn't read or researched or gone on YouTube or searched hashtags, I would not have pushed for all of these things and all of these tests that we had for Canaan. And we may have never, never been diagnosed, which is scary to think about because uh, part of Angelman syndrome is uh, a lot of the kids have either epilepsy or seizures. And it was because of a mom posting what a drop seizure looked like that I realized Canaan was having seizures. And I you know, immediately called his neurologist and I fibbed a little. I was like, uh, I think he's having seizures. Like I've seen his eyes go, you know, a little bit crazy. And yes, don't always fib, but also if you it gets to, you yeah. in the door, explain later, apologize <laughs> later, whatever. And it got us in for an EEG and his EEG showed actually um, not that he was having seizures at the time, but abnormal activity in his occipital lobe, which is very specific to Angelman syndrome. So before we got our blood test in July, they told us, uh, actually that same July 16th, they told us based on his EEG, they could 100% say Angelman syndrome without even seeing blood work, without even meeting him. And the neurologist that walked in, he goes, oh, wow. I mean, it's like blatant in your face. I'm like, what? He's super cute. I don't see anything wrong with his face. And I got a little offended. Um, but he just said, you know, he had the characteristics, the wide space teeth, the, you know, happy demeanor, yeah. that sort of thing. But just always trust your instincts, fight whoever you have to fight. Don't take no for an answer. And then I think has served Kanan and Malia and me because I used that fight to kind of get through my grief. It was kind of a purposeful grief. Like, okay, yes, I'm really sad about this, but what can I do to make it better? What can I do to fight for him to do this? Right. Do you might have to get him services, but what can I do that I'm in control of, which is incredible. Now, exactly. if any of moms yeah, that I'm are being <laughs> like have walked through a diagnosis or are maybe kind of at the beginning if they wanted to reach out to you, is that something, like, how would they be able to find you if that was something that you're open to? Oh, yes, I'm completely open to because the moms are honestly the people who saved me besides my faith and having the support of my fiance and my daughter and my family. Uh, moms seriously are the people who pulled me out of a funk. So if I could help anybody return that favor, I'm more than happy to. I'm on Instagram. My name is Sonia Reyes, and then my Instagram handle is SR914, and then on Facebook, Sonia Reyes. I don't know if I'm public, but Sonia Reyes. But they can maybe private message you, I think, if possible. So um, thank you yes. again for just making yourself available. Um, obviously, you're still in the very beginning of your diagnosis, but to already have just the servant heart of passing the torch and you know, just really being there for other moms. Um, I mean, seriously, like, thank you for that because that's so important that we do build this community up stronger and we're just there for everyone. And so um, thank you for taking time out of your day to just bring us into your life and sharing your mighty little lion and your incredible no, world-changing daughter. Um, 
Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you, Annie. And thank you for your podcast, because it really pulled me out of a really dark time. And it made me feel hope when I didn't feel hope before. So thank you for being so awesome and such a tough mama. And just really blessed for this mess is honestly (laughs) the best thing you can, you know, see, because it really is in the midst of our chaos. Oh my God, we're so incredibly blessed. I, I couldn't ask God for a better little boy because he just is the air we breathe, the light of our lives and just completes our family. I love it. Thank you. I'll let you know really quick. I'm type A as well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's funny so I, I know I, know. I, I like you like, for a reason so you know. we're connecting that's souls right. all right well <laughs> we love you and we're here for you and we can't wait to see what's headed next for you guys thank you I can't wait to tell everybody that I'm on your podcast because I have been talking about your podcast to anybody who I could find and saying go listen it's so awesome and they're like we don't have a special needs child I said you don't oh, need one incredible. Just do it. <laughs> I love you all right i love you too bye Bye. see you later girl so proud of you thank you